Today on Lockdown Horn Frogs, has Josh Hoover solved the backup quarterback conundrum? We'll talk about it next. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are approaching 600 subscribers. We're at 552, so that's cool. Keep subscribing. Uh, if you would like to, you can also subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast in its audio form. Um, and we're covering spring football right now. we got some basketball news today. TCU added a big name in the transfer portal, and uh, we'll talk some baseball at the end. Unfortunately, Frogs dropped a series of Texas Tech over the weekend. But I want to start with TCU spring football. And so much of the spring football discussion – and the offseason discussion has been centered around uh, the quarterback position. And obviously not the starter. Chandler Morris seems to be the unquestioned starter. Now, Kendall Bryles had some media availability um, late last week, and he said that it's a battle, a competition between Chandler Morris and Josh Hoover. Fine. They want to say that, that's fine. I don't think it's a competition. If it is a competition, then um, we have really misunderstood and misread, you know, what's going on, but we have, this. there's no contest here. Chandler Morris is going to be the starting quarterback when they take on Colorado, barring an injury um, in September. And Josh Hoover is there and, you know, he's a good potential depth piece. He's QB two at the moment. That's all great. Uh, people were very concerned. There are people that are very concerned still about what happens in the instance that Chandler Morris gets hurt. Cause that is something that's happened in the past and last season, had a great backup in Max Duggan, who ended up becoming the starter. Heisman finalist, you know the story. <clears throat> but this year, you have two scholarship quarterbacks. And let me say first, I think they're still going to add a QB in the portal, regardless of how the spring goes. Um, you need a third scholarship quarterback on your roster, even if Josh Hoover is playing well. However, there are some encouraging signs coming out of camp that Hoover is handling this pretty well. He's a sophomore, didn't play last year, so I guess he's technically a redshirt freshman. But three-star prospect coming out of high school, right? Um, his biggest – I think he was headed to Indiana before he ended up at TCU. Sonny Dykes had been recruiting him when he was at SMU. And when Sonny made the move over here, he was one of the first guys that said, hey, I want to come to TCU. So they offered him. He ended up signing really under the radar signing. It's just like, oh, okay, Josh Hoover's coming. And I think this has been – I think a couple things are happening here. One is people doubt him because of his rating out of high school. They thought he was kind of just an afterthought in that 2023 class – or 2022 class, excuse me. And then secondly, TCU has been pretty active and aggressive in recruiting other QBs. Uh, you know, they made a late run at Austin Novosad. That didn't work out. He ended up flipping from Baylor, but he goes to Oregon. Um, you know, they obviously went after Jaden Rashada late in the process once Kendall Browse came on board. He ends up at Arizona State. Uh, Sawyer Robertson was a, a player in the transfer portal that they pursued. He ends up at uh, Baylor behind Blake Shapin or competing with Blake Shapin. Walker Howard from LSU, they made a run there. He ends up at Old Miss. Okay, so they've swung and miss on the QB position a few times. And I think that's a legitimate concern. They got to figure that out. 
they got to figure out how to close the deal on some of those major QBs. However, I think part of that frustration, the frustration from fans and missing on some of those guys, has led to this um, belief that they're just in this totally dire situation at QB. But it appears in spring ball, based on what Sonny Dykes has said, based on what Kendall Browse said, uh, Josh Hoover is handling this pretty well. And I talked with the, I talked with Tommy Fisher about this last week. One advantage he does have is he played for Mike Spradlin at Rock Hole Heath. Mike Spradlin was with uh, the Bryles family in Houston, learned that learned the offense there, picked it up, and then he stayed with it. So he's probably familiar with these concepts. I don't know about the verbiage. It's I'm sure it's different than what it was in high school. But that was a really prolific offense that he led at Rock Hall Heath. Um, he was the district MVP, the 10-6-8 offensive MP, MVP as a junior. And there were a lot of good players on that team. You know, Jay Fair is a wide receiver that comes to mind. I believe he's at Florida now. Uh, there were some of their playmakers. But he still led that offense really well. And maybe we should trust his coaching staff. And Sonny Dykes is a good quarterback evaluator. And say, possibly they stumbled upon something here, right? Like, this is this guy's not just necessarily an afterthought. Now, do you need to go get a, another quarterback in the portal? Yeah, you do. Because, as I said, you need three scholarship guys on your roster. Um, and you never know what's going to happen. Like, if some big name um, hits the portal in the spring or summer because they lost the job, they lost their quarterback job, well, then you have to do your due diligence and pursue those players. But I don't think the desperation is as pronounced as maybe we thought it was going into the offseason because it appears that Josh Hoover is handling things pretty well. Now, this is only practice, right? You know, it's going up against the twos on defense, probably the twos and threes on defense. That's most likely who he's seeing in practice. Um, it's a totally different situation in the game. Am I completely comfortable with him stepping up and having to play, you know, in a situation where Chandler Morris is hurt? No. But um, I don't think that he'll just be completely incompetent if that situation arises. And I'll give Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff the benefit of the doubt. I still think they go find somebody. Um, and it's it's always hard when you're looking for basically a backup because – if a quarterback's in the portal, it's because they want to play. And it's tough to sell guys on, hey, come and hold a clipboard. Unless it's a young player who potentially thinks, okay, I'll be behind Chandler Morris for a year or two, and then maybe I can compete for the job, you know, when it resets and when there's an opportunity for it to come open again. But we're hearing good reports out of spring camp about Josh Uber, and I think that's a good thing. For TCU football, obviously, maybe gives them um, some ability to not be super desperate when they go shopping for a quarterback later this offseason. When we come back, TCU basketball adds a big name in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar around. If you need a snack during the day to help give you energy, if you need um, a, you know, a meal replacement, breakfast option, maybe a quick lunch, Built Bar is the way to go. They have a bunch of different great flavors. Churros, one of my favorites. You can find them at your local Sam's Club or online at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your next order. Give it a try today. If you want one of your New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier and you're sitting here in April and you feel like you've fallen behind on that, Built Bar can give you a boost because it's 
not only uh, tastes good, but it's also good for you. Typically only 180 calories, not a lot of sugar, not a lot of fake stuff that makes you um, question what you're eating. Built Bar, best protein bar around. Again, BuiltBar.com. You can find it online. Okay, uh, TCU basketball. Let's transition there for a second. So Mike Miles entered the NBA draft late last week. Not a surprise there. Emmanuel Miller is also testing the draft water, still waiting for decisions for guys like Damian Baugh, Chuck O'Bannon, and others. But TCU does have some clarity with uh, the fact that Mike is moving on in the portal. Or not in the portal. Excuse me. He's not. He's going to the NBA draft. They have some clarity there. He's moving on to the NBA. And so over the weekend, TCU signed one of the highest rated players currently in the transfer portal, Jameer Nelson Jr. And yes, that is the son of Jameer Nelson, uh, former St. John's um, point guard, running mate of Delonte West back in the day. That was a really fun team. I always enjoyed um, that crew. That was one of my favorite backcourts growing up when I was watching college basketball. But Delonte West, Jameer Nelson Sr., they were a great tandem back in the day. And now Jameer Nelson Jr. is headed to Fort Worth. He comes over from Delaware. Um, last season averaged 20 points a game, three assists, four rebounds, and shot 44.5% from the field. Um, shot 31% from three over his career. Shot 30% from three last season. Uh, he played at George Washington for a few seasons his first year at George Washington, he averaged 10 points a game. Second season, he averaged eight points a game. And then the last few years at Delaware, averaged 13 in 2021 and 2022. And then this season, averaged 20 points a game. So you see the increase. His shooting uh, from deep has gotten better. He's gone from 25% his freshman season at George Washington to now 30% this past year at Delaware. Actually shot 36% in 2021 and 2022. But He's a lead guard who can score, and that's what you need. You need a guy to come in and, you know, take the place of a Mike Miles. Now, obviously, he was doing this at Delaware. That's a different level of basketball, right? So I'd like to see him at TCU in the Big 12 before I start saying, like, this is the type of guy who can lead an offense at that level. But he showed that production at his last stop. And he's the fourth-ranked player in the transfer portal. So, you know, evaluators who are trying to project in the future think highly of him. Um, this is a big-time get. This is a big-time pickup. One, because it gives you a true score, which is what you're losing with Mike Miles. And then also maybe this helps, you know, convince guys like Emmanuel Miller or Damian Ball to come back. Hopefully this is a good catalyst to find some more talent in the transfer portal because you have a player that you can sort of build around, build that class around. Um, hopefully they can go get a big man. Uh, you know, they got a couple high school guys coming in and Jace Posey and um, Isaiah Manning, who were really athletic, similar to a lot of the players they have now, long wing type players, athletic, can get to the rim, can make plays. Uh, but now, and Jameer Nelson Jr. have a true score and shooter. So nice get for Jamie Dixon's staff. And, Last season, they did not do well in finding kind of a missing piece that could play in tandem with the rest of their supporting parts. They never really found a shooter that complemented what they could do athletically. Um, but a couple of years ago, when Jamie had to rebuild, he did a really good job in the transfer portal. 
you know, it took some time for everything to come together, but he went and got five or six guys to center around Mike Miles, and it worked out. You know, you had two straight NCAA tournament appearances, two straight years where you won an opening round game, and so now you're in that process again. And for people that are concerned about the high school recruiting for TC basketball, that's a totally valid feeling to have. I would just tell you, this is sort of the new wave of roster building in college basketball. If you're not a blue blood like Kentucky um, or, you know, insert school here, Duke, North Carolina, as much as it pains me to say it, Baylor, because they're pulling in guys at a high level. Like if you're not the type of school that's going to pull in McDonald's All-Americans on a regular basis, four-star, five-star players that can play immediately, one-and-done type players, then you're going to replenish a lot of your talent through the portal because there's just so many guys that have a huge year at a smaller school and then want to make the jump. Or maybe it's not a perfect fit where they are in the Power Five and they want to make the move. Whatever the case is, um, this is the way that teams build rosters now. So Jamie showed a couple years back that he could do this. Well, last season was sort of a bust, but they had a pretty specific – type of player in mind, and once they struck out on a couple of those guys, there was really no plan B. Now you have more of a wide-open canvas that you're kind of painting on, and you start it with a a true lead guard who can score, which makes a ton of sense, and now hopefully you can find some pieces that complement him. But again, Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware averaged 20 points a game last year, shot 44.5% from the field, 30% from three, so a guy that can go get you buckets and they needed that desperately. Because one thing about Jamie's teams, you know they're going to be able to play defense. You know they should rebound well. It's, it's going to come down to do you have individuals who can, you know, get their create their own shot, get efficient looks, and knock down those shots. They had a guy in Mike Miles who's been able to do that the last few seasons, and now they're trying to replace him in Jameer Nelson Jr., who they targeted uh, to at least start that process. Another quick TC basketball note, Eddie Lampkins moving on to Colorado. He announced that yesterday. Uh, best of luck to him. Obviously, didn't work out. Uh, there's a lot of emotions around around that, but hey, he's he's moving on, and it is what it is. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about TCU baseball, and I think it's time to to just kind of be honest about what this team might be. We'll discuss it next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel, um, the best betting app around. They have a safe, secure, and easy to use app that you can find um, and download and use today. They also have uh, fanduel.com slash locked on. You can take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal. We're going to get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If you just put $5 down, you can bet money lines, you can bet parlays, you can bet prop bets, whatever you're interested in. FanDuel, NBA playoffs coming up. Major League Baseball is in full swing now. Rangers swept the Phillies in the first series of the season. That's exciting. Can Texas hold on? Let's see. They play the Orioles tonight. Get in on the action on FanDuel. It's where the game starts. Again, you can do it on their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app, or you can go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to take advantage of that no-sweat first bet deal. Again, that's FanDuel, official betting partner of the NBA. It's where the game starts. All right, so TCU baseball, they dropped two out of three to Texas Tech over the weekend. One on Saturday, lost games on Friday and on Sunday. And Friday's loss was so mind-numbingly painful 
Frogs jump out to a huge lead. Now, if you followed DC baseball through the years, you know when they go to Lubbock, it's always an adventure. Texas Tech is a great program. Um, Coach Tadlock's done an outstanding job there. That field is very small. The wind blows out in West Texas, and um, it just makes the park even smaller than it is. So ball jumps off the bat, leaves the yard frequently, no lead is safe. However, TCU jumped out to an 8 to nothing lead in the second inning. Braden Taylor um, had a huge bomb. Cole Fontenelle had a bomb. Um, they were doing whatever they wanted. And Tech would sort of chip away at the lead, but TCU kept having an answer. They cut it down to nine to three. TCU got it to eleven to six. You know, Tech cut it to twelve to ten. TCU ends up scoring four runs in the seventh, and they go up sixteen to ten. And then on the bottom of the seventh inning, um, Ben Albert is out there pitching for TCU, and there's two outs in the seventh, and uh, he's you know, trying to get out of it. Bases are loaded. Frogs still up 16, 10, still have a comfortable lead. And then a meltdown starts to happen. Some bad defensive plays. A bad defensive play leads to a run, so now 16 to 11. And then Ben walks in three straight runs. And now all of a sudden it's 16 to 15. Texas Tech gets a base hit. They suddenly take a lead 17 to 16. And through all this, Kirk doesn't replace him. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. He he just left him out there on the mound. I don't know what the thought process was, um, but it, he finally makes a move to Luis Rodriguez after Tech took the lead. They tack on a couple more runs. They end up winning that game twenty to sixteen. But it was just such a un. It was such an avoidable loss. Like I, I don't know why he didn't make a move sooner. I'm not sure what was going on there if he was just trying to see if Ben could get out of it, but it wasn't working. And so they blew that game, partly because of bad defense. The bullpen management didn't make a lot of sense to me, but also you had an eight-run lead in the second inning. You have to find a way to hold on and win the game, and they couldn't do that. They did bounce back and win 10-7 to on Saturday and what was another crazy game. Um, and then on Sunday took an early 3 nothing lead, and things were looking good. Cam Brown on the mound on a Sunday – and uh, Cam Brown just wasn't sharp. He wasn't. He didn't have his best stuff. He ends up going three and a third, gives up six runs, um, walks two, struck out two, but just not good enough. And Tech took a lead, built the lead, never gave it up, and they end up winning the Sunday matchup by a final score of ten to five. TC lost, left a lot of men on base on Sunday. Um, the umpiring was questionable. Uh, you know, there were some warnings given to Texas Tech. They hit multiple TCU batters. Um, their starter, Parrish, was like licking his lips, and they kept warning him about that, and he kept doing it, but they wouldn't eject him. They would just keep giving him warnings. And so emotions were high. Um, the crowd got into it, and I, I think the Tech baseball team responded to that. But just a really unfortunate loss all around, and now they've dropped two out of three to Texas Tech. And you know, this team, there's a lot of talent. Braden Taylor had another big weekend. Cole Fontenelle is hitting the ball really well. Um, they have some young arms that are that are pitching well. But the bottom line is I just don't think they're very good. Now, beating Tech on the road is a tough thing to do. And TCU hasn't done it in a while. But 
at the same time, this Tech team doesn't have a lot of pitching depth. I think they're solid. I don't think this is one of their better groups that they've had. And the game on Friday was just so winnable. And to blow that and then lose the series is super frustrating. Now, they're still in second play. I think they're tied for third place or second place in the Big 12 right now. They're a game back at Texas. Um, they're not out of this by any means. But they just keep blowing winnable series. And I, I would love for them to turn it around, but I just don't see it happening. You know, it, it's it's something every week. Um and so they get Oklahoma State now this weekend, quick turnaround. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday game set, set because of Easter. Um, another thing is Kirk Sarlis has to stop getting ejected. He got ejected yesterday. And it's the second time this year in a, in a Big 12 game he's been ejected. And I get it. The umpire was frustrating. It was really bad at times yesterday. But you have to keep your head and find out what these games are too important to be without your manager. Braden Taylor got tossed. Uh, because he slammed down his bat after a bad strike three call uh, when he was at the plate. So I'm not sure what his status will be the rest of this week. Um, but the team's got to keep their emotions in check, even in tough environments like that. And, you know, Kirk's got to lead the charge there. I was just – I was like, I get it. You want to give the ump the business. You want to get your money's worth. You want to fight for your team, protect your team. But you, you got to stop getting tossed from these critical games. It's just – it's too. these games are too important to not have you out there making decisions. Um, so we'll see where they go from there. But super frustrating weekend for TCU baseball. And I'm just starting to doubt this team can turn things around because it's it's looking kind of bleak at the moment. But we'll see. You know, they got another chance to bounce back this weekend against Oklahoma State, and they'll be at home, which should help a lot. That'll do it for Lockdown Horn Frogs. Um, it's your daily TCU podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you. And